The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN crew. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head on over to roman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. And finally, we are also doing a $500 FCS playoff bracket challenge that is completely free. So head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash FCS. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash FCS. And one final note before we get started with the MMA Gambling Podcast. If you are listening to this on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, First of all, we're not going to be here much longer. That's right. We have started our own feed, and we've actually been over on that other feed for a little while now. We won't be in both places forever, so I highly suggest that if you are on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, head on down into the show notes, click the link that will take you to the main MMA Gambling Podcast feed. That's where we'll be for the foreseeable future. That's where we're going to be, so make sure to subscribe there. Leave us a little review. We certainly do appreciate it. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Degenerates, back in your ear hole, eardrums. It's the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 32, a.k.a. Head Kick Communism, is what I'm <laughs> going to call it. And my co-host can't, uh, isn't allowed to talk yet, so he cannot um, say that he's offended by that or anything, even though he knows I'm joking. But yes, um, it's called Head Kick Communism, and I'm picturing one of those Cold War era posters with like a Let's say a young girl with a shaved head wearing, I don't know, say overall shorts, uh, head kicking a, a, a communist fighter. That's what I'm picturing. So, not naming any names or anything, but anyhow, enough of that nonsense. Uh, welcome back, or if you're here for the first time, welcome here for the first time. Um, hopefully, you're listening to this on our new dedicated feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed and not on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed because we want you all over on our new feed because eventually we are going to uh, be no more on the uh, on the main feed. I think it's the plan. We're just going to be on the on our own MMA Gambling Podcast feed. So make sure you are subscribing there, and thank you to everyone who has already been subscribing there. Uh, for some reason, we have a lot of people from Germany listening, so willkommen, meine Bruder und... Um, Damn it, I can't remember sister now. Do you, do you know how to say sister, Dan? I, I don't, know. I, I do know uh, just only, like, small amounts of Dutch. I could tell you man and woman in Dutch, which is manen and vrouwen. Uh, and I could tell you uh, ik ben in schildbad, uh, which means I am a turtle. Which is I am a turtle. <laughs> which is what Dan is on the Top Turtle podcast. He is a turtle. Um, so I said, welcome to my brothers and now I'm going to, have to look up sister. Even I just learned sister too, and I already forgot what it is. Uh, Schwester, now that's what it is. Mein Bruder und Schwester. Um, anyhow, welcome to no matter what language you listen in. Uh, welcome. Um, I'm Jeff Fox, your host. 
I say I'm an Allah according to my son, and I just caught myself saying I'm there. So I, apparently he's right. Uh, I am the a writer editor over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and I run the MMA site MMA-manifesto.com. I uh, broke my rules and I allowed my my associate host to speak before he was introduced. Um, usually he's not allowed to speak; he's only allowed to laugh. Um, and he's actually encouraged to laugh um, at all my jokes leading up to it, whether he's uncomfortable by them or not. Um, he His name's Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Uh, what does he do? He writes for Sports Gambling Podcast. He writes for MMA-Manifesto. He also hosts Top Turtle MMA Podcast and the Prelim Picker Podcast. And he's the associate co-host here and I gave him a production title. I think I might be taking that away because I I have to do a lot of production now. Not not his fault, but I have to do a lot of production too. So maybe he's a he's also an associate production head coordinator guy. So anyhow, let's introduce him. I like to drag this out, and he never knows what I'm actually going to uh, pitch to him, which is nice. Like right there, I could have pitched him, but I didn't. Um, I just like making long pauses. I assume that's that's the that's the term. Dan, I didn't introduce <laughs> you yet. No. Everybody, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Uh, well, Hi, Dan. Well, thank you for for introducing me in a <laughs> succinct way. Uh, it felt. Uh, Gotta keep you on your toes. I will say, given the all the extra time we had on this weekend's card, where you, you know you, typically you said you were expecting three boring ass decisions for title fights. Uh, and then, you know, we had a bunch of extra time, so we now just filled some of that time for those people, took it back from them uh, with some, some pregnant pauses before introducing it's, me. Exactly. It's all about trying to keep Dan on his toes, and I don't want him to get too comfortable here. And after his picks the past few weeks, I hope he hasn't been getting too comfortable because I am back in charge again after this past weekend. Um, at the Not only did communism get head kicked, but Dan got head kicked with his picks last weekend because I – I went nine and four. Dan went six and seven. I, I thought I would uh, save that until I actually introduced him because he usually has um, typical typical um, losing person has a bunch of excuses for why some ref did him in or some someone's leg broke when it wasn't supposed to break. It's you know it's always the same thing with this guy. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> We will never know what should have happened in Chris Weidman's play. Uh, that one is for sure. That's but, what should have happened. But we, but we did know that uh, Stefan Sekulik, in my opinion, uh, should have won that fight. I should have had an extra plus 180 right there. Yeah, that's true. You, you did. Yeah, there was – I guess it, it. we don't basically get get an event uh, in the books without at least one questionable uh, decision, it seems. Um, we haven't complained about – Herb Dean for quite a while, so kudos to him. He's been kind of, he's still been there, but he's been quite a, kind of uh, finding his seeds. But yeah, Dan got Dan got um, got screwed up of some money there, uh, plus money too. Uh, the majority of the of the media, who were the obviously were the smartest people around, uh, we had Sakulik uh, winning. Uh, but Grant won officially, and that was my pick. So tough for you, Dan. And tough that someone broke his leg, and actually tough that your lock pick got drop foot, and it, it was an interest. It was an interesting night. Um, it was it was weird as hell. <laughs> it was very weird. And now Dan lost his lock pick, lost, but I also picked that person to win. But yet I smiled when he lost because I thought, well, that's Dan's lock pick, so 
Well, if it, I'm going to lose, if I if I'm going to lose a fight, I may as well lose one that Dan got more riding on than I do. Even even with just out of curiosity, where you had that, even with the like weird drop foot and he fell down, would you have still given that round to Jimmy Crew? Was, was he up around on mm. on Anthony Smith? Yeah, I don't know about that. It was interesting because uh, Smith was he was more damaged for sure. Not even talking about his foot, like his face was getting. Uh, eaten up by those jabs, so that's true. But it, he's got one of those pale faces that instantly yeah, looks true. like it, it is jacked yeah. up after like two jabs. But like he had leg kicked Smith like seven or eight times. Granted, yeah. not with the same impact, which uh, of yeah. course is where the rules come into play, right? Like the impact right. is supposed to matter. Uh, Smith obviously had the big impactful strike, but he also had ground control too, and in some pretty yep. decent ground and pound. And that was after the drop foot, which I think was even maybe more impressive. Uh, yeah. it, it was, I mean, like I could see given the round to Smith, but like if that had gone to the judges scorecards at the end and like they split the next two rounds, I would have drawn a question mark after round one, which is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. That that was, um, I wasn't super happy about losing, but you know, my lock came through as predicted and he came through via submission as predicted. So how, how about we actually do this? Um, actually, let, let me give you the stats and then we'll actually do this. So in some sort of order, so we're, we're a, as scattershot as the card was last night. We're all over the place. So um, I was 9-4. Dan was 6-7. and seven. <laughs> um, So on the year, I am up to 55%. So I'm creeping closer to that 60% rate I want to be at. Dan is down to 51%. I am still down more money than Dan, though. I'm down like 400 bucks more than he is. So Is that because that I hit is, that 270 oh, underdog that one time? Here we go. That one time, and it's true that that would actually do the trick. It's pretty much doing the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as for locks, I am six and one now. I, I urge everyone to follow my locks. If if you're going to do anything with your money, follow my locks. Um, six and one up, uh, two hundred and seventy bucks up, thirty eight percent. Dan is three and four down, two hundred bucks. So just ignore Dan, please. He's just here for um, the eye candy and. So I don't have to talk to myself. Um, all right. So that is the stats. Um, let's, we'll break down the card in a sec. But let me tell you about – I'm going to tell you about our friends at WinBet first because WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience, checking in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Okay, so as we, as most people listening to this, I'm more than likely you watched the card uh, Saturday night and you were as gobsmacked as we were, I think, uh, about all the craziness that uh, went on there. First of all, there's a crowd of 15,269, which was crazy since we haven't seen that in years. I saw a photo of one person with a mask in the crowd, so I guess the other... 15,268 were vaccinated probably, and that guy wasn't, yeah, I'm guessing. Is that I, how it works I, in the I, States? I, I don't know how it works, um, but I will tell you, my, my favorite part was they cut, during one of the really early prelims, I think it was the ESPN2 prelims, they cut to, uh, to like, you know, there, there's not, the stands aren't packed at that point in time. Right. You know, there's people trickling in. For some reason, people will pay money for those tickets and then show up for three flights or something like that. But uh, there was, like, this one section of five guys, and they, like, zoomed in on them, and one of them just started hacking and coughing in, like, the middle, and the camera immediately cut away, and I was like, man, that is just some really unfortunate timing. <laughs> that is it, that is Florida. I shouldn't group Dan and the rest of you Americans in with Floridians because they're a special breed, but, but we love you nonetheless. So, yeah, it, it was a packed 
packed house. Uh, the gate was 3.3 million. I forgot to report this on, on the site, my site today. I have to go back and do that. But um, yeah, even even uh, Tom Brady was there. So there you go. The stars were out uh, to see this. Nick Diaz was there. Apparently, he wants to fight again. We'll probably talk more on him later. But um, so these stands were packed. And if you wanted to get uh, a tweet on TV, all you had to do was tweet about how great it was to see people in the stands because every tweet. Every tweet was a PR for UFC saying how great it was that they're doing this. So um, th- that was your way onto TV last night for sure. So um, we'll go from the top to bottom. Uh, no surprise who won, but uh, su- probably a surprise how uh, how it went down. Uh, welterweight for the welterweight championship, Kamaru Usman uh, knocked out. Uh, he really knocked out <laughs> Jorge Masvidal in the second round, early in the second round. First round went pretty much how all us quote-unquote experts uh, expected it. Um, Usman basically dominated him on the ground, um, had his way with him. But second round, he knocked his block off. And that's the new – this is this is a new um, Kamaru Usman that we saw there. Um, the days of calling him boring may be over. Cause that's three out of the past four fights, he has finished people. He seems to have more of a – uh, Eye of the Tiger <laughs> to, uh, to quote a Rocky, a song from Rocky, but he seems to have a lot more of the the um, killer in him, or as Dana White would say, killer or a, or a beast or a savage in him because he slept Jorge Masvidal and um, his star seems to be on the rise, at least in my books and at least by the traffic I'm, I'm getting uh, as of what, uh, Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning from him. Yeah, I, I think the, the stardom is big for this one, right? Because it's the first time you've seen him beat somebody who has uh, like pretty significant name value behind him in in an emphatic right. way, right? Like, cause you yeah. know, Col- Colby Covington, you know, he he might get some of the clicks, but nowhere near as much as Jorge Masvidal. You know, Gilbert Burns doesn't have that kind of pull. Tyron Woodley never had that kind of pull. And, and like the first time he beat Masvidal, you know, they said the built-in excuse, the fact that it was a five-round decision, and yeah, it was one-sided. This did a lot for his stock in, in the public's eye. I will also say this before we, we move too deep into this. You said it may be a little bit surprising how we did it. I will say if you go back and listen to last week's episode, somebody told you to take the prop Usman inside the, or inside the distance by uh, TKO because uh, I saw a lot of value in that and he was finishing people. Uh, and I think, you know, that, that, that sort of, you know, you, you mentioned that people saw him as a – a decision guy, right? Like, he's a guy who does have really boring fights, which really hadn't been the case for most of the ones leading up to this, with the exception of the Masvidal one, which must have been fresh on people's minds, and, and you know, like, people forget about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think, you know, Usman looked amazing and, and like, literally could not have done more for his own stock in a single fight than he did right there. Right. Plus, I did, um, hopefully our bosses at Sports Gambling Podcast uh, did what they said they were going to do. But uh, when I was on the flagship uh, show last week, I mentioned um, Usman via decision probably would be my pick, but he has been finishing people. But Masvidal is hard, hard to finish, and I think they were thinking about – because they're degens, like like all of us, and they were thinking about getting in on some of that Usman uh, via knockout uh, action. So hopefully they did. Um yeah, to be fair, you didn't see him sleeping Jorge Masvidal on the feet, though. You, no, I, I thought a ground, more ground, ground and pound, pound finish. Yeah, yeah. Ground, ground and pound finish seemed more like it. Or, or a stun to a ground and pound. Not like, you know, like like, like he did to Gilbert Burns, right? Gilbert Burns, he, he put on his ass right. with, with a really stiff jab, right. and, and then the follow-up shots did the trick. I kind of thought something like that was probably going to happen. 
Um, or like you said, ground and pound wouldn't have been surprising. But yeah, uh, the the, whew, the the just one touch knockout power. I mean, he added a couple of uh, follow up shots, which I don't know if you caught some of the post fight yes, uh, press yeah. conference where he said those follow up shots were super necessary, which I thought was just so good. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, you're right. Did not see him knocking him out like that. Yeah. So you gave him a three piece in the soda while he was unconscious. <laughs> around, so. Um, yeah, because Masvidal does not get, he's never been knocked out. Like, uh, he got TKO'd in, uh, Sengoku. You remember that? Remember Sengoku way back in, in, um, the olden days? In I actually Japanese. do. Didn't they have a yeah. freaking awesome tournament one time? They did. With... with Oh man, I'm not going to remember the names exactly, but I want to say they had a bunch of cool tournaments. Yeah, yeah, they, that was a that was a fun promotion that sort of disappeared like without uh, any real warning either. Yeah, that that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. After after Pride died, there was there was a few cool ones like Dream and Second Q and stuff came up. But anyhow, um, that was my first um, foray off into the woods there. But yeah, he uh, he got TKO'd in Second Q in. 2008, and that's it. That's the only time he's ever been stopped uh, via punches, via strikes, and he didn't just get stopped us. He got knocked out, which uh, probably more on him later, but we'll uh, we'll wrap up on, on Usman first. Um, whether he's the greatest, I, he's not the greatest welterweight ever. That's like Danny White says, that's just him selling the pay-per-view, plus he any chance he gets to stick knives in George St. Pierre's back, he seems to to take the chance. But he, he's getting in that realm, though. At the very least, he's, he's getting up into George's uh, stratosphere. Yeah, the, the thing that probably hmm, the thing that probably keeps him back for me is, I think what I used to think was so great about GSP, and, and why I, you know, he sticks out as the GOAT, is because, like, there were very few GSP rematches, right? Like, he didn't continuously yeah. beat the same two or three guys. He, like, the UFC just kept selling us, like, oh, no, 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 we, we were wrong before. Tiago Alves is the one to beat GSP. Get hyped for this. And then you'd hey, watch him. On that. Yeah, and then you'd dis- <laughs> he'd dismantle him. And then he would be like, yeah. oh, no, 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 actually, we're sorry. Uh, Dan Hardy is the one who's going to do it. Oh no no no! We're sorry. It was John Fitch, uh, who who's gonna stop him with the wrestling? And oh oh, we were wrong again about that. And it's just like that constantly, right? Like that was the UFC. Their marketing machine was in full force to just be like anybody as a challenger against GSP is a great shot. And then GSP just kept turning him away in in, in different ways. And I think Usman's doing that same thing where he's starting to turn people away in ways that you aren't ready for, right? Like, this one was a great example of it. Even the the Gilbert Burns one was maybe a little surprising. And, like, he's getting that. But then, like, I mean, like, would it be surprising to you if his next uh, two fights are also rematches? You know, like, would it be be surprising to see him fight, you know, uh, Masvidal or uh, Covington, Masvidal, Burns, Masvidal, Covington, Burns, right? Like, it's very possible (laughs) that that's a six-fight run for him. And, and yeah. not like that that doesn't prove that he's great, but like would it be more fun to see him fight Wonder Boy? Would it be more fun to see him fight Michael Chiesa? Would it be more fun to see him fight somebody like Sean Brady after like two or three wins who's got like clearly a weird game for him to figure out? All of those like stylistically would like reveal a little bit more about Usman other than like, oh yeah, he's still as good as he was the last time he beat Burns or the last time he beat Covington. So 
Yeah, I think he's getting there, um, but I'm not sure the path he's going to take is ever going to really make me feel convinced that he made it. True. And the Forgotten Man it was forgotten again by you in that uh, list of people. Leon Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> he was always, over, always overlooked. He, he, he's kind Wasn't of – Wasn't he uh, going to get beat by Nate Diaz? Isn't that what people Yeah, want? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, being this dominant at Walterweight, like you have to say majority – it seems majority of athletes when they're – dehydrate themselves down there they fall right in that lightweight welterweight range so these are basically are the most competitive divisions you're gonna you're gonna have in the sport that they have the most fighters in it and they seem you're gonna get the best uh um the best quality of competition so it is you know uh it is impressive that that he's dominating uh one of these middle uh middle divisions like lightweight or, or welterweight because like i said the uh statistically they're the ones where you get you get all the uh the top um top athletes because once they're all dehydrated back up, once they're hydrated back up, they're up closer to the 200 pound range. So um, usually we like to ask who's next, but we already know it's pretty, sounds like it's going to be a rematch. Colby Covington, Dan's already got his next fight figured out too. It's going to be Gilbert Burns after that, apparently. So I mean, if um, Gilbert Burns beats Wonderboy, I almost yeah. guarantee that's it, right? Like, yeah. cause you're not going to give it to Leon Edwards coming off of the Nate Diaz win, right? Like, no, that's such a bad fight for Leon. I mean, it's good for him in a way. Like, if he went out there and finished uh, Nate Diaz, which I, I don't think he's going to finish him, but if he went out there and finished him, he would get a pop just like, you know, Us- like a smaller version, but just like Usman did for beating Masvidal. Yeah. So I, I think maybe that's cool for him. But, yeah, like, I mean, dude, he just keeps – talking himself out of fights that seem to make him closer to a title shot, right? Like, yeah. he seemingly didn't want the, the Wonder Boy fight, which I get it. Wonder Boy's a weird dude to deal with. But, yeah. man, like, Leon Edwards just tries to find a way to make it not very convincing to give him a title shot. Very, very true. So, um, so uh, we, we got um, prob more than likely we got uh, Colby Covington next. Uh, that's almost set in stone. I got some odds emailed to me today. What do you think the opening odds are from this unnamed sports book? Because we only want you to bet at win bet. So I bet uh, you, you, I bet you Col- Covington is like negative two hundred is his next opponent, or even a little higher. Oh no, that. I'm sorry. No, uh, I'm sorry. The actual that they're they're expecting the fight to happen. What what are the actual odds oh, on the, the fight? Who's going to win the fight? fight. Oh, yeah. they're already saying it's booked. Oh, yeah, um, pretty much. Usman was minus one ninety last time. Uh, for for uh, those keeping track at home, according to this info I have in front of me, at least. Ooh, um, so, it's weird because I, you would think Usman's uh, stock could be higher in this, but their first fight was really close, which it never, you know, like the Masvidal one never really was. I'm gonna say yeah. it. I, I'll stick with my my original guess for what I thought about the the fight being booked. I'll say negative two hundred. Uh, minus 300 for Usman, Ooh. plus 240 for Covington. So, yeah. I actually think there's some value in Covington on that side. And I say that go. as somebody who really hopes that Usman does pretty much exactly what he did this past weekend. <laughs> uh, because, I, I, hey, I like I said, I, I want to see him against guys like Wonderboy, and I want to see him against guys like Kiesa and Sean Brady and, and people like that. So, uh, the, you know, the Covington rematch does little for me. You know, and if he loses to Covington, we're definitely talking trilogy, and, and we're getting really nowhere in this division. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope he just flatlines Covington real quickly. Um, but yep. with that being said, their first fight was very close. Um, yep. and, and very competitive, uh, and I think people forget how competitive it was. So yeah, I, I definitely think plus two forty. You're you're talking good money there for Colby. There you go, Dan's tipping his hand early on for you. Um, before we move off of Usman, um, one 
thing I do have to say is refreshing is he doesn't call his opponents. He takes whoever they, they feed him. So that's I, I think that's one thing that can go in your favor if, if you want to be considered the greatest of all time. You you beat all and every and all um, challenger that's served up to you. You don't go looking for money fights or BMF titles or anything like that. So um, his the the vanquished Jorge Masvidal should have just seems like he should have just stuck in the in the BMF realms. That seems to be the range, uh, basically the uh, the type of fights that, that he's best in are, are those fun fights and not battling Kamara Usman back to back fights where he's um, could be one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Uh, my f- friend, I do actually have a friend who uh, texted me this morning saying how he thinks Masvidal's made maybe one of the biggest career blunders of anyone in MMA, at least in recent times, because he was, he was pretty much on top of the world fan favorite man of the people uh, back in his winning the BMF title and stuff. And then he took a sharp turn deciding he wanted to be a, a Cuban, um, Cuban Conor McGregor and decided he was going to, you know, wear silk robes and, and start up companies. And then he took another drastic turn and decided he was going to be Mr. Political like Colby Covington. He was going to be Mr. MAGA, which, Turned off a lot of people, so he he seems to he seems to still you know bring eyeballs uh, into things. But he was really like he was up there with the upper echelons of most popular fighters in the sport, and he seems to have have dropped the ball with that, not just in in the cage but out. Yeah, I think in the cage he dropped it too, and and I know it was his dream to be champion and and stuff like that. But if we're talking about how he could have made buckets of money. Man, dude, like, after he won that BMF title, going right to try to fight Usman, uh, and then, like, after getting beat by Usman, not then using, you know, the excuse that, hey, I had this short camp, I can, you know, fight him again, and, like, maybe he thought he was going to win the the rematch, we obviously didn't, the odds obviously didn't, you know, seem to speak that way, it it feels like he should have, like, cashed in on one more big winnable fight then, before yep. getting dismantled again. And I know that's probably not the way he thinks about his career, but, like, would it have been unreasonable for him to ask for a Conor McGregor fight after that? After no. 70? And it that would have been sold, huge. It would have sold a ridiculous amount of money. And, like, he could have pretended to put the BMF title on the line or something like that, dude. He would have just printed money for himself in the UFC. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think he miscalculated it because I think this loss in the cage, you know, we we're just talking about all the stock that gets added to Usman. I think he directly takes that stock from Jorge Masvidal, right? right? Like Ma- Masvidal's, I don't get knocked out. You know, the guy I'm fighting has pillow hands kind of deal. Dude, that shtick is gone now. Uh, it, and, you know, props to him for handing the loss well because I think when they interviewed him in the cage, he handled it like a – like the pro you wish he was the whole time. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Handling in and out of the cage just seems to have, uh, not probably worked the best financially for him, uh, where it could have gone much, much better. Yeah, no, it, we hate to criticize the guy who actually decides that the title is important because that we see it's yeah, not important, right. to, not important to a lot of people. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, um, he he seemed to bite off more than he than he can chew. Whether he can catch the magic again, it's, it's hard to say. Um, probably not. But he he's, can still be a, a force in the sport if he starts taking. If he's like a more active Nate Diaz or more active Conor McGregor what, and actually he, takes what, fights. What if he? Speaking of like, can he recapture some of the magic? What if he is the one who wants to fight Nick Diaz next? Because I know that Nick Diaz yeah. is there looking for a fight. 
I mean, he sort of beat Nate, right? Like, because there was the, oh, the injury and, like, yeah, and maybe he didn't actually win the BMF title. What if he beats Big Brother, too? Like, would that capture it again? That's where I was headed, yep. Uh, that seems to be the fight to make. People were saying it was a fight to make if Masvidal won. That's, that would be yeah, a fight not, not to make That would be typical Nick Diaz, though, uh, getting a title shot when he hasn't won in a decade or whatever. But, yeah, no, that Nick Diaz would be a perfect fight for him. Masvidal could uh, win that fight. Um, uh, Diaz, like I, I've said before, he, he's he's made his reputation off of losing to people, not not beating people. So th- that would be a very good fight for Masvidal and to, to get back on the horse and, and get ball rolling again. So, um, yeah, but yeah, all, all the uh, all the talk about pillow hands and stuff. Um, yeah, you can uh, and all that all the smirking as he was getting hit. Yeah, that that didn't really uh, play out too well in the second round a minute into the second round to be exact so so that is the main event very exciting uh, unexpected uh, main event like i was joking on twitter like uh, saying how the night went down just how how i planned it three uh, boring five round decisions uh, in the main events but uh that was definitely not the case we got five rounds total in, in the three three fights uh, that happened so we'll break down the other two in one sec but first let me tell you about roman look no one's perfect especially gumby after last weekend uh, i'm close to it but gumby is not even the best baseball players strike out when the base is loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go, go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now. Save 15 bucks on your first month of treatment. Now, after the show, I'm going to have to explain it down what ED is, but that's not going to be fun. Um, <laughs> anyhow, let's move on. Uh, women's strawweight. Uh, this, was, this was the one where communism got head kicked, everybody. I'm saying all this tongue-in-cheek in case you're listening for the first time, I think. Uh, Rose um, uh, tarnished her reputation with all that communism nonsense. But regardless, um, she head uh, kicked Zhang Weili uh, into – the nether and cap- recapture the women's strawweight title. Recapturing titles is a very rare thing um, to occur. Uh, it hardly ever happens, uh, especially at lower weight classes. Uh, you hardly ever see women's strawweights head kicking each other, um, knocking each other out that way either. So this was a very rare, uh, rare occurrence. But she is the champ again. Um, only took her a minute 18. Dan picked her to win. I picked her to lose, but Dan had had the win here. I don't think he saw it going this way, but he'll take the plus 165 uh, regardless. Yeah, I don't think I saw it going this way either. Um, you know, I I did think she could outpoint her and stay away from the power, uh, which I think was what the, the promise I had there was that I thought she was craftier. But, I mean, ultimately she was craftier in that, like, you know, I, I said she had more nuanced striking. I, I think – that's what caused this head kick to work too. Cause if you look, uh, Wang Lee, Wei Li Zhang or Zhang Wei Li or however you want to say it. I'll, or I'll Wang Li. Yeah. I'll say it the bastard. Wang Li Zhang. Bastardized way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, I, I think if you look at that knockout, she reacts very clearly to thinking 
it's a leg kick. Um, you see both of her right. legs scoot back like it's a leg kick. It comes right up off the top. And I think that's part of why it was so impactful, too, right? Because, you know, you're, you're right. Not, not a ton of knockouts in this division. Although, did you know now the strawweight title has never been – have never changed hands before without a knockout? Uh, really? Only, only knockouts have ever changed the hand of the title, um, which is right. pretty, pretty a crazy. Slam, a, a head kick knockout, a slam knockout. We had some rare ones, we, too. We had, we had uh, Rose knocking out Ioana on Jacek with the right hand in the follow-up punches. Right. You got um, – I mean, when when Carla Esparza got TKO'd by uh, Ioana on Jacek, I think she might have still been on her feet when she was technically out, but uh, that was a TKO as well. So, like, all finishes to change the title's hands. Um, and even if you want to go back to, you know, Carla winning the inaugural title over Rose Namajunas, she did it with a rear naked choke. So um, the finishes in the title fights have been pretty high. But, yeah, yeah I, de- I definitely it's... didn't see it going this way um, because I think, you know, this one felt like a power shot, but I think – when you think about it, you know, in the long run, because of the way that she set it up and the way that it was, like, nuanced and the way that she worked around the guard and sort of worked to that head kick rather than, you know, it wasn't just, like, a big power head kick. It was, you know, it was slick. Um, So, yeah, I I think it it surprised a lot of people, but also I I think it was a little bit more technical than people even realize. Right. No, it was, yeah, it was the fantastic thing. Uh, if the U.S. is trying to make inroads in China, last night was not a good night because every all four um, Chinese fighters lost last night. Um, most notably, obviously, uh, Zhang Weili. Now, I would like, I want to like Rose Namajunas like I used to, but it's hard now with all these stupid things she's been saying recently. But this should be a you know a celebratory moment, but it's it's hard to really get on her bandwagon now after the, the nonsense and. And Weili Zhang seems like such a nice person. She had all this abuse heaped on her for, for no reason at all, too. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I will say, you know, I just lauded, you know, Jorge Masvidal for the way that mm-hmm. he handled his loss. He handled it so well. I actually think Weili Zhang is, has handled it worse than a lot of champions in the past. Um, she, that, that was some of the worst. I mean, she wobbled around the cage for like another four minutes complaining that the stoppage was too early. And like four minutes after she had been knocked out and she was still wobbly talking to a doctor, I still would have called the fight then if she was trying yeah. to continue. And she had four minutes to recover. Um, so that was bad. And, and I don't know if you've seen her post since then. It was like, yeah, I still think that there's a bad stoppage and I can't wait for them to book the rematch as soon as possible. It's like, Ma'am, you are probably still concussed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's like, the thing, though. You, you never know. Um, that being said, she doesn't. She doesn't deserve you know the booze and the the weird comments from Rose Namajunas. But I'll yeah. also say this: if you're a fan of this sport and you're you're trying to find uh you know to be a fan of fighters who don't say dumb things, uh, yeah. you are going to be disappointed more <laughs> often than not. <laughs> don't don't look for role models here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just just come here for the fun. Uh, don't are, don't be looking some. for those. There are there, some. there are a few. Yes, I will be uh, I will be a pretty sad man one day if uh, if for some reason Francis Nagano sticks his foot in his mouth at some point. In time. Yeah, because that dude yep, seems like true. one of the most genuinely nice human beings on the whole planet. And and you know I've talked to a whole bunch of fighters who I I feel yep. that way about too, but. Um, yeah, it seems like you get disappointed a little bit more often. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm a big boy, so I, I can handle it. I um, uh, I don't look for role models. Charles Barkley told me not to look uh, for to athletes for role models back in the day, so I'll follow his advice. So <laughs> I I got some um, 
they actually labeled it wrong. They had Valentina and Rose's next opponent swapped here. I, I was reading, I'm like, what? Rose isn't going to fight that person next? That would be crazy, but okay. Now that I got that figured out, who do you think is odds on favorite to fight Rose next? I, I think Rose, man. Black is my answer. I'll give you a hint. Block. Block. <laughs> Block? I don't know a fighter named Block. Right, do you mean, is it Yoni on J-Chat? Yes. Huh. Again, everybody, the Holly Holm of the division. Is yeah. she really? Plus, plus 120. Not yeah. like these, you know. I, this I'm, is just people putting odds out there. It's not like this is a sure thing. But God, seriously, do we have to see another title fight with her? She's beaten Michelle. Person is the only person she beat in the past what two years or and something. She, like, and she got beat on. by Rose twice already. I, I just don't exactly. think you can sell that fight. I, I think if it was, I think if it was Weili Zhang who had come away victorious here, I think you could yeah. book that fight. I, I think you could put yeah, for sure. Yuani Andrzejczyk in there. And actually, for that matter, I think you can book that fight with Weili Zhang now. You know, like I, I think yeah, that's true. That, that rematch would be fun for Weili Zhang off of a, a loss. I honestly think what you do here is you do have to put. You want to on Jacek in a number one contender fight with somebody. Um, you yeah, know, put her yeah. in with Mackenzie Dern. Put her in with Marina yeah. Rodriguez. Put her in with Carla Esparza again. And, like, any of those fights work. And if she wins, she's she's turning away other people who are contenders and, and is yep. going to eventually force your hand to fight for the title again. But, yeah, I, I just don't see how she just jumps the queue right now. And to be, to be honest, too, like, you know, I'm not excited to see Rose fight her again. I, I don't think Joanna's no. changed all that much, and definitely not for the better. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope they go a different way with it. I will also say, you know, for my, my preference to see, you know, a number one contender fight materialize and a contender emerge and then Rose fight that one, Rose does fight fairly infrequently. So that, that yep. probably plays well to that hope that, that they set some sort yep. of fight up, you know, I, I think they want to push Mackenzie Dern, to be completely honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to set her up with some fight night headliner to give her a five-round fight against somebody, you know, somebody like Weili Zhang or somebody like Yuani Jacek or Marina Rodriguez or, 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 I mean, Carla Esparza versus Mackenzie Dern would be a ton of fun. Um, you yeah, know, but... any of those sort of matchups would work for me. Um, but, yeah, like, ultimately, at least make you want to fight again for it. Yeah, because the last time we saw her was uh, she got made to look like an alien, right? That was her last fight. Yeah, when she, had, she, she had that her weird... face got. Ex- oh and, my god! And like, what? And you know, not to be not to be mean or anything like that, but like, what what part of that fight makes you think to yourself like, oh man, I got to see you on a young J check? Exactly. You know, like she, she, you know, she she lost a rose twice in a row. She beat Tisha Torres. Got beat up bad by Valentina Shevchenko, which we'll talk about in a second, is no shame because she's amazing. She beat Michelle yeah. Watterson, and then, yeah, she got turned into an alien by Weili Zhang. So she's 2-4 <laughs> in, in her last four fights with yeah. four losses in title fights. You know, yeah. like, so no, She's she, Holly home. She's over 4-4 in her last four title fights. Who the hell would give her another one? They will, though, um, at they some will. point. At some point, she'll get another one, but, like, it shouldn't be yet. Holly Holm, Uriah Faber. Um, your favorite ones used to drive Joanna. me absolutely. I was watching him fight, so I didn't. I know you, you weren't a fan, but yeah, he was fun to watch. So I didn't care. So <laughs> you didn't mention uh, after Joanna, someone Joanna, someone's plus two ten. I think it's a favorite of yours, an up and comer next oh, in line, possibly I, I mean, for I, I, I know who you're talking about already, and I would love to see her fight. I, I want you to say the name. I just don't think they're going to give it to Tatiana Suarez yet. No, not her. Really. Oh, uh, really? Yan Shaonan. 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. I wanted to hear you say that. Yeah. And I say it yeah. well, too, I think. You do. <laughs> uh, I'll have to ask. Uh, I have a friend who's Chinese. I'll have to ask him if you said it right. But anyhow, um, so you know, Ioana plus 120, Zhang 2.10, 50, Mackenzie plus 600, uh, Wheelie Zhang or Zhang Wheelie plus 600, Marina Rodriguez plus 1,000. Yeah, I would take, are, um, that's, that's I would take uh, Yang Xiaonan versus Ioana Yan Jacek for five rounds. I think that would be a fun five rounds. Yeah. Uh, or, or like I said, Mackenzie Dern. You know, you know, I, I know Marina Rodriguez was way down on that list. Man, her striking is yeah. so fun right now. After she did that to, to Amanda Hivas, like, ooh, I, yeah. I, I've watched that too. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, like any of those people, just get them fighting again, though. You know, like the exactly the giving people title shots off of losses where they didn't look that good to somebody who then lost the title. Like, oof, what a weird move that would be. Yeah. She she didn't just look bad in the fight. Like uh, um, the damage she took was that was like insane. What what she looked at. I don't know how you could give someone who got beat up that bad um, a title fight. But if you look like uh, the rankings, the performance rankings that run on uh, MMA Dash Manifesto, they're basically Rose and um, Wei Li are head and shoulders above everyone else. There's no one even close. Marina Rodriguez is is next in line, and then Mackenzie Dern basically in a virtual tie with her. So it's, they really like, we really do need some, some number one contender fights to get things rolling. So maybe you do have to throw, uh, if they want Rose to fight right, right away, maybe you do have to throw, uh, Joanna in and let a couple of the up and comers fight it out to, to be next in line. Um, I just don't think she wants to fight right away. That, that's like not yeah. her style, right? Like no, it's her, not her, her style. style for sure. Big sure. long camps, improvement, uh, get yeah, her, yeah. her mental space, uh, appropriate, right? Like, cause that's a big part of her game too, is getting her, herself mentally ready for the fight. So, yep. you know, I, I think that that's, that's pretty important too. Watch your propaganda videos, right? Cause you have to be, <laughs> all right, we'll leave that alone. Let's move on. <laughs> hoof. I mean, uh, at least I, I usually get at least one hoof out of Dan. For so there we go. Okay, is it time to, uh, just like, uh, Usman, is it time to stop calling her boring also? Cause she, she's just so, is she's so clinical in there and doesn't make mistakes. I guess you can still call her boring, even though she's finishing people. She, just dismantled Jessica Andrade in a little over a little under three uh, three rounds. It was uh, two rounds, three nineteen in the second round, where she crucifixed her and just dropped her dropping dropping. I think dropping is a word, but I'm trying to say dropping dropping elbows on the former strawweight champion's head. Um, yeah, she was never in risk at all. She was basically in charge from every every second of the fight as she is in every fight she's in, uh, save for Amanda Nunez. But that was yeah. Speaking of divisions that that need number one contenders, that uh, flyweight were even worse off. Um, there's Valentina. Even after the loss, Andrade is still second in my rankings. Uh, and then next would be Caitlin Chukagian, which we've already had happen too. So we're they definitely need some uh, life in flyweight. But um, speaking of last night uh, or on the weekend, she you can't look much better than than she's been looking in the cage. No, and and, and she did it similarly to Usman in a way that we right. didn't expect, right? Like she went yep. out there, and, and you know, the, uh, I, I broke it down. I took Jessica Andrade here not because I thought she was going to win, but because I thought the value at plus three eighty was just undeniable, right? Like she was almost right. a plus four hundred underdog, and I thought her wrestling gave her a better chance than that number even indicated. And to watch her oh boy. lose by wrestling oh boy. the whole time. That, it's so crazy to think of, right? Because you were like, she's a power puncher with good takedowns, and Valentina showed a little chink in that armor last time out when Jennifer Maya caught her kind of off guard on the, in the first round and took her down. 
and my God, she must have just gone and just done wrestling for years, or that that one takedown must have really been the flukiest thing that ever happened, because not only did she go in there and out-wrestle Jessica Andrade, she did it in a way that made Jessica Andrade look like like somebody who had never shot a takedown before in her whole life or defended one, right? Like, she looked clueless in there, and, and yep. it wasn't a bad performance by Andrade as much as you have to credit just how good Valentina Shevchenko looked on those takedown attempts. Yeah, she's a scary proposition. I don't know. There's probably not much else to say. She's she's just dominant. Um, and sadly, her division isn't, at least at this point, there, there are some, some up-and-comers, but at this point, there's not really much to challenge her. Um, I, I so want to give a shout-out to, to Lauren Murphy. I feel like she gets yeah. overlooked all the she's time. She's not an up-and-comer, but yeah. Right, she's not an up-and-comer. But, and, and, like, you're right. There are up-and-comers in this division that are super exciting right on the edge of the top 15 or just right. barely cracked in. You know, you're talking about your Miranda Mavericks, who's an absolute yep. bulldog in there. Um, and, and there are other ones, too. She's the one who sticks out of my head as, as being one of my – I mean, Talia Santos is kind of fun um, and, and look good after her first really bad performance. You know, like, there are people in the, the, the flyweight division who are going to be fun up-and-comers that will challenge her in a year or two because I, I really believe Miranda Maverick's on that trajectory. But you're right. Laura Murphy isn't that, like, young up-and-comer. But, man, has she put together, like, a completely new version of herself and is winning here at Flyway? Since she's come up the weight class, not only does she look better up the weight class, but she keeps surprising us with things, too. Like, I think the way that she dominated Roxanne Matafari with her grappling and her wrestling, um, you know, right after watching Roxy do that to Macy Barber, I mean, like, is incredible, right? Like, and she sort of reinvented herself. She left the MMA lab, which is a place she had been training for pretty much since she left Alaska, which is where she's originally from. She had trained at the MMA lab that whole time and just finally decided it wasn't the best situation for her. And she's got this weird piecemeal camp now where she, she trains boxing in this place and jiu-jitsu in this place and, uh, you know, straight MMA rounds with certain training partners in this place. And she does it all around in Texas and the coaches work together. And I think it's worked amazing for her that she's like created this little mini super camp for herself. Um, and, and, you know, and not for anything, she, she has beat some like late last second opponents who filled in and stuff like that. That ain't her fault. Like the, she's definitely earned a title shot. I think she's fighting uh, Jojo Calderwood next. I kind of expect her to beat Calderwood and they really should just let her get her shot. Um, whether you think she's a, a credible opponent for Valentina Shoshenko I mean, almost seems irrelevant at this point, right? Like, who does seem like a credible opponent for her in the whole UFC? Well, so is Lauren Murphy uh, odds-on favorite to to get no, the next? No, they're going to fight. Who is? They're going to fucking say that they want her to fight Amanda Nunes again. And yes. Let me tell you something. I I don't want it. Like, I, I don't want it for the same reason I don't want Joanna Janjacek versus Rose Namajunas 3. Who the hell wants a trilogy when the first two went one way? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, what do we see? Chuck and Tito four before Tito one. Like, you're just gonna keep running back the matches, and it's not like it's not like Nunez doesn't have opponents, fresh faces that she can face at bantamweight, right? Like, she doesn't have any at featherweight. It's not a real division, but like, she could still fight Juliana Pena, who she's going to fight. She could still fight um, Aspen Ladd, who she's never fought. She could still fight um, uh, the the Russian gal there. Um, uh, Yana Kuditskaya. She could still fight Yana Kuditskaya, who she's never fought. 
there are people in that division, and there are up-and-comers, again, like at Flyweight in that division, who are going to make themselves known. Why the hell would you go to a super fight that's already had, you know, two renditions already that have gone the way of the most dominant champion in history, you know? Yep. Well, Shevchenko is pretty much like clockwork. She fights twice a year, so who is she going to fight next? And if you don't think it's going to be Nunes, Nunes already has a fight. Who do you think? Who do you think the experts think is uh, next after Nunes plus two hundred? It wasn't Lauren Murphy because that's no, a crime. Murphy's, if it wasn't Lauren. Murphy's Murphy's plus three hundred. Okay, so she's third. Yeah. So is it Calderwood? No, Calderwood is fifth, plus eight hundred. Stomp it, the Gumby. Is it Rose Nama Eunice? No. Okay. I, I mean, hey, if we're going super fights, maybe they thought super fight again. No. Um, yep. Which would have been a great. Yoana <laughs> Yanchi. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, We've seen that. We don't need to see that again. Man, I, I, I'm having Someone who's four. She's four and one in the UFC. Brazilian. Four and one Brazilian at flyweight. Am I missing? Four and one Brazilian at flyweight. Oh, is it Arujo? Vivian Arujo. Vivian Arujo, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. So, she, she will it be her? She seems kind of lower ranked. Who did she? Did she just beat Roxy too? Um, yeah, I'm checking. I mean, like, I, I know I, she's she's good. She yeah, just didn't she beat even Roxy and, on me as a possible opponent. Yeah, because yeah, she's coming off. Uh, she lost to Jessica I a while back, if I'm not mistaken. So like, she, she beat a. Uh, Sorry, I interrupt. Talita Bernardo, Alexis Davis, lost to Jessica I, beat Montana De La Rosa, beat Roxanne Modafferi. That's pretty much as good as resume as you're going to get well, in well, this I division. Mean, unless you're talking uh, about – Two-fight win streak. Unless you're talking about Lauren Murphy, who in the last three years has beat Mara oh. Romero Barella, Andrea Lee, <laughs> Roxanne Modafferi, and Lyra Sharakova, and she finished two out of three of those. So, like – yeah, I, I but get, she took the fight already, so that's the yeah, problem. Well, it's all about timing. It's all about timing here. That's true. It is definitely about yeah. timing. <laughs> so, and then the other name on the list was Cynthia Calvillo at plus 750. So, Who's coming off a um, loss? Yeah. Who's coming off a loss? Hey, <laughs> not, not much of a division, let me tell you. Um, they have to build it up. So so that are that is the um, title fights, and uh, we learned that Dan loves, loves, loves Laura Murphy. So, um <laughs> Before we'll we'll go through because it was a um, monument tonight. It wasn't just title fights that were uh, that were we're talking about. So we'll get through get you through those quick before we're out the door here. But let me tell you about a couple of our last uh, sponsors first. Better than dot Vegas. Better than dot Vegas is like YouTube, but for what hashtag the gens only care about, which is sports betting. We're giving out free deli picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. So Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They have a bunch of free picks and hand captures to check out. Make sure you subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. And speaking R as in Sports Gambling Podcast, that would be sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. You'll get my MMA picks Saturdays. And if you want to check out Top Turtle, you can see Dan uh, in his man cave giving you picks on, on that channel also. Um, we also are sponsored by Riffer, and we're also on Riffer. Sports Gambling Podcast is now on Riffer. Riffer is your home to mini episodes and free picks from the SGPN crew. If you don't have time to listen to an entire episode, Riffer is a perfect quick fix. Make sure to subscribe to the SGPN page by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. But we know all our listeners listen to every second of Dan and, and my podcast here, but just in case uh, you don't have time to listen to all the other ones. So obviously you listen to ours, especially you Germans. Um, <laughs> all right, middleweights. As I predicted, uh, Uri Hall via uh, 
TKO over Chris Weidman. When he took him 17 seconds, uh, fight went just the way I predicted. Uh, Weidman shot and uh, sounded like he got shot. Actually, did you hear that? Uh, the sound of that leg I, kick. I haven't seen the sound of it, but I did get a freeze frame. You didn't see the sound or see the sound? I didn't hear the sound. I didn't go back and watch it, uh, looking to listen to the sound. I definitely don't want to hear the sound, but I did have a friend, if you want to call somebody that, who sends you the type of things, who freeze framed it as Weidman stepped back on his leg. Yeah. Um, And it looks like something I would have done uh, to my Doink the Clown action figure, the gummy ones back in the day, to just have his leg be mangled and and turned up at the sides. Uh, It was horrifying uh, in the worst possible way. I will say, um, you know, obviously, you know, you can sort of draw the parallels there of of leg injuries. Did you happen to see Patrick Cote, fellow Canadian here's uh, yes. post about the the chain of of leg injuries? No. Oh, yeah. He hurt his leg against Silva. Silva. And, and Silva. Yeah. And Silva hurt his against uh, Wyman. And Wyman hurt his because, uh-oh, Uriah and, Hall. And, oh, no. Yeah, and he even Time wrote something like – if I was Uriah Hall, I wouldn't be sitting all that easy. But the other thing, too, is even before he made it to the UFC, Patrick Cote yeah. took some dude down and it, like, snapped his shin bone. Oh, my god! So, like, Patrick Cote snapped some dude's shin bone, had his knee explode to watch two more shin bones break like that. It's it's crazy stuff. This is worse than the Top Turtle curse. Uh, yeah, the, the Top Turtle curse <laughs> was not 100 yeah, I was trying to debunk it. Because because Jeff Molina, and we'll get to the prelims in a second, Jeff Molina not only looked damn good, but he cashed an extra 50K. Dan's just trying to debunk it because he's he's scared he's going to have trouble getting guests. Uh, Yeah, Top Turtle does not make you break your leg. Chris Wyman has not been on the show. But, yeah, for for a guy who we question, like, his mental fortitude or makeup for the sport, um, that was not good for Uriah Hall to have that happen to him. Yeah, fight. I, I would say he seemed to be handling it well, but I don't know if that will be the long term of it because it did seem to, to affect him right away. Um, he he did speak afterwards and spoke very clearly and very like very respectfully. Um, mad props to him for for saying that he would give Chris Weidman another shot no matter where he was ranked at some point in time because he deserves it. But I, I will also say I don't think that's something he's ever going to have to take him up on because. I kind of feel like this is the end for Chris Weidman, don't you? It should be. You know, like, yeah, it should be. He's 36 years old. We just saw his leg break in a way that, like, pe- people just don't come back the same as, you know, like, ever. No. Um, and, yeah. It won't be the last, though. He'll be back, I guarantee you. He was planning on making a title run despite being knocked out five times in the past seven fights. So the, these guys, especially wrestlers, um, they have that mentality that, they're not going to quit. So unless someone makes him quit, I, I see him coming back. I, I hate whether we it. whether we like it or not, but I see it happening. I hate it so much. <laughs> yep. Um, but if he does, I, I just hope they they let him fight somebody uh, like Kevin Holland. <laughs> just yep. let him take Kevin Holland down for for fifteen minutes and let him feel good again. Because like, I mean, he's gonna be out for. You have to imagine at least a year plus, right? Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. I've, I haven't done that to my leg before, so I'm not sure. I did that to my arm. <laughs> I did that to my arm playing basketball. That, that's not nowhere near as the leg. The arm was only what? I was only up like three months. But, yeah, leg is uh, pretty gross. Um, Daniel Cormier was having a fit uh, on commentary. 
Um, now you're doing the clown figure. Does that? <laughs> do we now? Uh, so you had him break his leg. Who, who was that against? You know, did that person oh, go? Uh, did that figure go on to break someone's leg? And no, like, we no, got to no. figure out if there's a curse here. No, no, no. Uh, Big Daddy Cool always wins. Uh, he, ne- <laughs> he never broke anything, and he never lost any matches uh, with my wrestling action figures. Uh, you were a Diesel guy, I were was, you? I was a big Diesel guy. Yeah, Kevin Nash, Diesel, yeah. every iteration of them. My older brother was a Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon slash. Well, he's you know, way cooler, obviously. Uh, so he he was not cooler, but they when then when they became tag team. This is so off topic. Then when they became tag team partners in NWO, we like didn't know how to like get mad at one another anymore because right. we were like on the same team and it felt wrong. <laughs> this is not, but um, as a matter of fact, this is not off topic. Uh, Apple has us listed under wrestling podcast, so we're right. We're right on topic, and retro wrestling is is the way to go for for the ratings. So I, I'm saying we're right on topic there. Perfect. Um, all right, light heavyweights. Another weird one. Uh, this is where Dan lost his lock, and I honestly smiled, which was uh, I felt bad about myself for doing that because I don't want to see Jimmy Crute get hurt, and I don't want to lose picks. But I'm like, oh, Dan lost. It's going to give me something to talk about tomorrow on the podcast. But yeah, Jimmy Crute. Um, I guess we, we pretty much already broke this fight down. There wasn't really much to say. Um, Anthony Smith looked, he looked good. Like we can't, I can't take that away from him. He, he did look good, but, um, I wouldn't be, have been surprised if Crude had won that fight if, uh, if it, if he'd been able to, uh, to continue. But basically the name of the game is to, is to make it so your opponent can't continue fighting. And that's what happened. Whether he did that on purpose or not, that's basically what happened. So Anthony Smith's got, two wins over two up and young up and comers. Um, probably he's not going to get much credit for this one, but uh, nonetheless, he's, he's on, I had him written off and he seems to still be hanging around the top. So I, I assume they're probably just going to keep feeding him young guys until he goes away. Yeah. He, somebody against like uh Megabed and Goliath next, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yep, another guy who's kind of up and comer and needs a name to try to build off of and could be turned away by somebody like Anthony Smith. So, yeah. yeah, ultimately, I will say this, too. I, I didn't lose any any good feelings about where I think Jimmy Crew is in, in no. his future. He's 25 years old, right? Yep. And uh, also, you know, we, we've talked a lot about people's reactions to wins and losses with, you know, Uriah Hall and, and Whaley Zhang not dealing with it well and Jorge Masvidal. I, I want to give it up to, to Anthony Smith on this one for, like, finding Jimmy Crude afterwards. They look like they said a little prayer together afterwards, and he gave him, like, very clearly some, like, positive words of encouragement afterwards. And Crude stood up as much as he could stand up and, and picked up Anthony Smith's hand. So, like, you know, classy acts on both of their parts there because um, that was a nice scene after, unfortunately, a, a really nasty ending. Yeah, no, that's that's no surprise. Both those guys are, are class acts. Um, yeah, and Crute, and this isn't a he actually along is basically a temporary in, injury, right? They yeah, shut like, down his yeah his nerves or whatever, and you know, it, and you're fine shortly afterwards. So it's not like he's got a broken leg or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's exactly what happened to Sean O'Malley, and, and he like posted a video right. of him going for a run the next day. You know, so and um, it's probably fine as you're listening to this. Right, and same thing happened. Um, why am I blank in uh, in Bellator? Uh, oh, Michael Chandler, UFC wasn't now. it? Michael Chandler. Yeah. yeah, happened to him against Brent Primus too. Yeah. He lost his belt because he he couldn't walk properly, even though it was just a temporary thing. But yeah, it happens unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he will be fine. Oh, I, uh, we already moved off Wyman, but I thought I was. 
classy that Dana White uh, tweeted out a video of Weidman breaking his leg and saying how Uri- Uriah Hall um, just broke a UFC record by winning a fight without uh, by knockout without throwing a strike. So I thought it was that was right uh, right on brand for Dana White. I would say this two things about that. First of all, uh, did that feel like it was more um, disparaging um, to Hall or Weidman? Yeah, hard to say. Um, he, he does like crapping on Hall. Uh, Hall that, is that's uh, what it felt uh, like to me. It felt yeah. like like this is my chance to say Uriah Hall doesn't deserve any props for this. Uh, yeah, and and then he you know like immediately like you know just kind of d- doubled or tripled down on that. And then the other thing I would say is he's wrong. It's not the first guy to win with no strikes. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter. I highly suggest following him after you follow me and Jeff. Uh, numbers <laughs> MMA. Uh, he's amazing with, with stats and stuff like that. He's got packages on on different stats you can buy from him and stuff like that. But he actually pointed out there have been 10 in the past who have won without landing a strike. Uh, Ronda Rousey over uh, Kat Zingano. Stefan Struve over um, what was Big Johnson. LeVar Big Johnson. Um, Matt Hughes over uh, Frank Trigg the first time. Like, there's a whole bunch of them in there who who haven't landed any strikes. So, uh, like, it was wrong, and it seemed like it was a shot at at Uriah Hall. In that whole – the whole dialogue there, Dan said he was talking about someone's package, and then he said Big Johnson. I just thought I would <laughs> would mention that. Somebody's um, stat package and his if, nickname oh, was Big Johnson. All right. Not to be Harry confused Bush. with Dakota Harry Bush. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I, I basically – I tuned out once you said Dana White was wrong because obviously you're lying because Dana White's not wrong. <laughs> um, future president of the United States, Dana White is never wrong. So, um, All right. Um, Prelims, Randy Rubai Brown looked very good, uh, destroying um, well past his expiry date, but Alex, the cowboy, the Brazilian cowboy. So Randy Brown is is on the come up, um, probably uh, knocked on the top 15 door, I would say, after that. Yeah, not that far away. And I will say I really enjoyed the one-arm rear naked choke, which you don't get to see very often. Yes, uh, That's one of my, my personal jujitsu favorites. Dan likes choking guys too. There's another thing to add to the uh, sound bites, everyone. So, um, Dwight Grant, we we basically talked about this. Uh, I got the pick right, so I'm not going to complain that he <laughs> he, he uh, robbed Stefan Sekulik, uh, who is 0-2 now in the UFC. You'd think he probably would get another kick in the can after uh, he, he looked he looked good last night. So hopefully he gets another another shot at at things yeah he, he I, I think he clearly won that fight and then when you go back to the fact that his original loss was to Ramazan Amiyev who's you know a, a top 15 or in his own right yeah I think securely got right. another shot yep um my lock pick and we basically we we both told you how it was going to happen I hope people listen Brendan Allen via submission uh against Carl Robertson Robertson my son thinks it should be Robertson also, uh, he's telling me, uh, submission ankle lock. So that was a very impressive performance of uh, Brendan Allen. He's, he's definitely a guy to look out for in middleweight. Yeah, and also kind of a kind of a bad move on Robertson's part. He had that leg, <laughs> right. it, it seemed like he could use that leg leverage uh, and the leg lace there to, to get himself back up to his feet, and instead he was like, nah, I'm going to try to submit this guy. And then immediately was promptly submitted, which if you know anything about leg locks, that's that's kind of what you get yourself into when you're going for legs is, you know, you're you're also, you know, pretty vulnerable yourself in a lot of those positions. So, 
Yeah, like for a guy who's not very good at submission defense, it seemed kind of like a dumb move on top of that um, to, yeah. to just tangle up with Brendan Allen, who's a beast. And you can't – it's not – with leg locks, you can't gut it out for the five seconds till the round ends either. Or you will not, <laughs> not have a knee left after that. So, yeah, that wasn't the smartest move there. Um, what else do we have? Uh, I, w- I picked against my can- uh, fellow Canadian, and I won, as per usual. Pat Sabatini looked very good against uh, Tristan Connolly. Uh, he looked very good. His wrestling was super, super impressive. I think it's time to start talking about Daniel Gracie as an up-and-coming coach, too, uh, out of Pennsylvania, because yeah. he's got – uh, Pat Sabatini, who looked like a smaller version of Sean Brady, who just also yeah. happens to train out of that same place. It feels yeah. very much like Daniel Gracie has gone and found some of like the meanest looking Pennsylvania fucking wrestler looking dudes <laughs> and then has taught them all sick jujitsu. And like that is scary as hell. <laughs> yes. That is a scary picture Dan just painted. So yeah, he looked very good. Uh then um Basically, almost the all Asian uh, early prelims. Um, Dana Batgarel looked very good against Kevin Natividad. He murked him in 50, 50 seconds, so I was happy about that because we had him picked in that one. And that's so a, he's, that's second straight one that he's looked yeah, exactly. good too. Like he, and yep. he's looked as good in both of those fights too. Yeah, yeah we got to keep uh, keep an eye on him. Um, uh, could be a star from Mongolia, but he's not the Mongolian murderer. Uh, that was someone else on the card, actually. It was Rong Zhu, wasn't it? And he, he lost. No, no, um, I think the Mongolian wasn't him. murder was uh, Kilang Iori, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think the Mongolian murderer. Which also, name. it's such like a bad nickname. When, 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 uh, I mean, I think he's from Inner Mongolia, China. Yeah. Which I, I, again, I'm not going to pretend to know the politics of that. No. But it feels Lockdown's like you're not that. from, yeah, if you're, if you're not from Mongolia, <laughs> it feels like you shouldn't have the nickname the Mongolian murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, so yeah, Kazula Vargas beat Rong Zhu. Um, I thought Rong Zhu won, but then I see he, uh, I think I m- must have been having rose-colored glasses on because one judge had a thirty twenty-six for Vargas. So that, that judge was, was very wrong, like, <laughs> yeah. like not not slightly wrong, very wrong. That same judge, if I'm not mistaken, also gave um, in the the first fight we'll talk about. Na Liang won the first round yep. on both judges' scorecards. Two, both of the first judges, and on the second one, she lost it ten eight. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's jump to that one. Um, sadly, she, she looked game. Um, Dragon Girl Na Liang. She was our. She was one. Uh, both of our picks is like one to keep an eye on, and uh, you know, we didn't. We um, we we did say that we you don't know exactly what you're going to get until you you see these people in the UFC. But um, she ended up losing to Ariane Carnalosi via TKO. But but she looked definitely game and looks like she's got a future here. Yeah, I, I think for her it's a little bit just about energy management because not only did she look exhausted, like it seemed like some of those takedown attempts she probably should have either bailed on or worked better at like cutting angles to finish them rather than just like hulking up and to finish them. Um, which like to her credit, she got a lot of good takedowns in there, but it just seemed like, you know, maybe she wasn't using her energy as wisely as possible. And, and Hey, she's coming off of four straight finishes that she finished her opponents pretty quick. So that's maybe she didn't think she had. to. And Hey, you're not a dragon girl. So you don't know what kind of powers dragon girls have. So that's, that's correct. <laughs> that's true. And then, and then the fight of the night, which we damn briefly touched on before was a uh, fight before that, or actually after this one second fight of the night, uh, Jeff Molina, Cheeling Aori, uh flyweight 
very good battle. Uh, Molina got the win there. I was thinking we were going to lose that that pick, but he ended up pulling through um, 29-28, 29-28, 29-27, another uh, uh, interesting scorecard there. So, yeah, that, they, both those guys look good, and they look like nice additions to the uh, flyweight division, who uh, apparently uh, we had it buried a few years ago, but it's it's back, and they're, they're signing new talent for it. He, so. he also broke a record for most strikes landed in a, oh, really? in a flyweight fight. Yeah, I think he, they said he landed 189 of them or something like that, um, which is just crazy output for a three-round fight. Yeah. But he passed Davidson Figueredo in the Brandon Moreno fight for the, the record for, for strikes landed, which is uh, when you consider that being, you know, th- that was largely seen as, like, the fight of, one of the fights of the year last year. And then yeah. add in the fact that, like, it was a five-round fight. I mean, that really just gives you some context of how much Jeff Molina was throwing in that fight. Yeah, and I always uh, – I speak for both of us. We, we like the flyweight, so we're glad they're adding more. And it's nice to see them winning the bonus because they make no money at flyweight. So uh, they both guys are probably making 10000 to show, 10000 to win. So another fifty grand uh, definitely helps. Um, definitely goes a long way, so – that that puts that wild uh, fight card uh, to bed. That was uh, next week's surely going to be uh, a downer after that. But hey, who's to say? Um, next week will be UFC and ESPN Reyes versus Prochaska. Base. <laughs> uh, what are you laughing about, Dan? I, I'm name? not sure. I think Yuri it's Prochaska. Prochaska. It is Prochaska. I have Czech friends too. I should not be uh, mispronouncing names. You made, like that, it, so. you made it sound like you put his his name as like the guy who who runs the bar at the country club, Ch- Chaz, in the middle of there. Prochaska. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> now, he, despite only having one win in the UFC, he beat Volkan Ozdemir. Um, this could be number one contender fight for him because he's. Got nothing but finishes on his. Uh, when you look back, it's all KOs with him, and a lot of big names when he was over in Ryzen, uh, King Mo, Brandon Halsey, Fabio Maldonado, CB Dalloway. So um, I, I would say it's probably a number one contender fight for him. I wouldn't say the same for Dominic Reyes, though. Probably. No, probably not. Uh, especially coming off of the the knockout loss to Jan Blankovic. If Jan is still the champ, I do, it's going to be a tough sell. You also failed to mention there too that Yuri's got a win over uh, Vadim Nemkov, the the Belgian. Right. Player. Yes. Um, yep. he, he knocked him absolutely silly to the point where Nemkov wouldn't continue on into the second round. There you go. So yeah, it, it's not the strongest um, strongest fight card on paper, but you know, the main event should be very fun. There, there should be actually lots of fun fights on it. And a lot of the times, the ones that don't look insane on paper are the ones that are the most exciting. But uh, degenerates don't care how exciting or how stacked the fight card is because you can bet on all these fights no matter how how good these fighters are, So, um, at least on paper. Uh, a couple other things before we put it to bed. I guess the biggest star last night, actually, I – Misspoke biggest star at UFC 261 was Jake Paul because he he had the crowd chanting all night long. Oof. Um, it, okay, there's my second oof, guys. It just seems <laughs> like he's gonna fight in the octagon, right? Also, I will say this: I've oofed on Jake Paul comments on this show probably two or three times in the last week. Uh, but did but you what do you talk about on Top Turtle though, Dan? Uh, yeah, Turtle, I tried. I tried to him. not talk about it in. Uh, Turns out Shockwave Dave does have some pull in what we talk about. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, did you see his recent post uh, shit talking Dana White? I gotta give him props for this. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to give him props. Yeah. But his recent talk about post, money, yeah, yeah, he was like 
Dana, there's a reason why people are talking about me and, and your fighters make a third of what I do. You know, like, yeah. g- g- start paying your fighters and you, they don't have to keep calling me out. And, like, hey, he's right. He's saying what literally I was thinking and it made me feel so bad that the person you it's dislike true. the most is saying the thing that makes sense. <laughs> but you, the UFC wants to be the star, not not the fighters. And Dana White wants to be the one making the money, not the fighters. So that's not going to happen. So the uh, reason I brought him up is I got odds for his uh, his proposed fight against Daniel Cormier. Uh, that's, who he's, that's who he's called out next. Box, he's going to fight a or, huge... Boxing match so, or so, MMA fight? What's a that? boxing match. What are the odds for Cormier Jesus versus Paul? Christ. How do you not the odds that it happens. Uh, the odds of who, who's going to win. How do you even line something like that? Where you're going... Daniel the Cormier do that, Dan. Bo- yeah, I know, but like Daniel Cormier <laughs> in a boxing match. I mean, Daniel Cormier doesn't have bad boxing. He'd have a size advantage, but he does have the dad bod thing going on. I, I don't know. I'll say Cormier negative two twenty. Uh, Cormier minus five hundred. Oh, okay. So, uh, that's that's actually that sounds better. But I wasn't yep. sure where we were after people and, maybe thought. Uh, knocking out Ben Askren meant something. Yep. And Jake Paul 350. And I had uh, this. This was a backdoor trick to get Dan to say Dan, Daniel Cormier's name, and he said it properly though. So um, <laughs> it blew up in my face. <laughs> blew up in my face. Uh, other, well, a couple of other things to note. Um, Dana White's doing his thing that he always does, where he um, where he does he bargains with or he um does contract negotiations with fighters in public um he stated that John Jones wants 30 million to fight Francis Ngannou so they're going to give Derek Lewis a fight next and Chris Jones says no I never asked for that what do you talk about so this is you know not really much else to say to that this, this is a typical Dana White that's what he does he uh gets lies out there and um tries to uh, hardball the fighters that way so that uh no fight's been uh mentioned no fight's been booked there yet but he claims it's gonna be Derek Lewis but we'll see a fight that was surprised by that was booked that I want to talk about just before we head out is uh middleweight title Israel Adesanya wants to get right back in the cage right away apparently so he'll be back in June um it won't be Robert Whitaker though um who is the man after last what two weekends goes man we all thought would uh, get the fight or deserves the fight, but uh, he probably isn't ready to to have to fight again right away. So they're giving it to Marvin Vittori, um, part two. He he gave Adesanya his toughest fight um, in his lead up to uh, to his um, title run here. So we're gonna have Adesanya versus Vittori too. Quick thoughts on that, Dan? Uh, That's I, in June. I, I don't mind the booking because I think um, I don't think this means Robert Whitaker gets looked over or needs another win. I just think it means Robert Whitaker fights uh, probably Israel Adesanya in September, right? Like, and and he lives in Australia or New Zealand, I can't remember which. Um, but he he's probably facing that whole quarantine before he gets back into the country. Needs to be able to see his daughters, you know, like all of that kind of stuff going on for Whitaker. So, yeah, I can see he doesn't want to, you know, after having a two week quarantine, get right back into camp, turn right back around, and wind up in a two week quarantine again in just a couple of months. So. Um, and, and plus he doesn't want to fight Israel Adesanya just on a quick turnaround. He, he wants that whole camp dedicated to, to trying to figure out the riddle that is, um, Israel Adesanya. So, uh, yeah, I think at first I had a visceral reaction to it where I was like, why, why him now? Uh, and then I thought about it and was like, oh, no, nah, this actually makes sense. So I like that the fight was made. I like that Izzy wants to stay active. I still don't give... Uh, pretty much any middleweight in the world much of a chance to replicate what Jan Blankovic did because um, 
you know, Jan Blakovic, yeah, he, people will remember that he won those last two rounds by wrestling him up a little bit, but you, you also have to remember he won some of those earlier rounds with his hands, and I just don't see that as a path to very many middleweights here, um, and especially being smaller than Jan Blankovic. You know, like they'll actually be Israel Adesanya's size rather than much bigger than him. So uh, not giving him a ton of chance, but, I, you know, hey, I'm okay with the fight being made. All right, let's go. I, I, I got the odds right here. Um, Adesanya in the first fight, he was he closed at minus 230. What is the opening at for the rematch this time for the title? Negative 300. I'll take 250. So yeah, minus 250. So you're right in there. A little bit bigger. You, you would, you, you'd think it would probably would it'll probably go up closer to get to the fight too, probably more than likely. Um, cause he is a name, and I, I think all the smart money is going to come in on him too. So yeah, Vittori is basically just um, right place, right time. Yeah, you said um, it. You said it earlier. Timing, which is often the case, right? For the, yep. that's why Lauren Murphy is not getting the next title shot, most likely um, right. when she probably deserves it, and uh, it's why. Robert Whitaker is going to wait a little bit. And it's why um, Leon Edwards never seems to <laughs> – never seems to – he's never going to get tied to fight because he's always at the wrong place at the wrong time. They just keep telling um, him, like, oh, no, that fight has to be on a Tuesday for some reason. Sorry, exactly. you're not free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Hopefully we were in the right place, right time for you. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, episode 32 of our telecast. We'll be back with episode 33 Wednesday night slash Wednesday, probably Wednesday night. Now that I'm uh, posting them myself. Uh, as soon as we record it, I'll get it into your dirty uh, degenerate ear holes. And that one will be breaking down um, the uh, Reyes versus Prochaska. <laughs> I'm going to say it like that now on I purpose. Just, so. I can't wait for uh, Prochaska uh, to come up 30 more Prochaska. times. Prochaska. Prochaska, <laughs> yes. Uh, in the meantime, in the few days you have uh, between um, listening to this and listening to the next podcast, your homework is to follow us on Twitter, of course, Jeff Fox Writer and Gumby Vreeland. Um, what else are you supposed to What else should you do? Um, you should listen to... You can listen to Dan's podcast, I guess. Um, Top Turtle. Who do you have on this week on the Top Turtle podcast, Dan? Uh, I am talking to you know? Dustin Jacoby, who uh, took a short-notice fight to fight week? Ian Kudalaba. Um, That's which, tough. Yeah, it's a tough short-notice fight, um, and he took it on like 10 days' notice, um, which is even crazier, so we talked about that. And then I talked to uh, Giga Chikadze, uh, who's fighting uh, Swanson yes. in the co-main event. Co-main um, event, yep. And he's, uh, he's pretty salty about uh, the way that – Nobody seems to want to fight him, uh, and oh, he's being overlooked in the rankings, which, funny enough, actually, right after he said he was being overlooked in the rankings, uh, he popped right into the rankings. So <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes, squeaky wheel theory there. So, um, so yeah, listen to Top Turtle. You can listen to Prelim Picker, too, while you're at it, see who Dan's picking on the prelims and make sure it corresponds with who he, who he picks on our next podcast also. Uh, and if they don't, make sure you call him out on Twitter. He loves that. <laughs> uh, at Grumby Vreeland. And you can read our stuff, sportsgumbypodcast.com. I think Dan, I've assigned Dan some articles, so hopefully uh, he'll be sending them, uh, letting me know they're ready to roll soon. And I'll have some stuff on there, too. I'll have um, MMA stuff uh, later on in the week. And you can read our stuff at mma-manifesto.com also. Um, I think that's pretty much it for this week, so I'll say bye, and uh, to the majority of our listeners, I'll say, auf Wiedersehen, bis später. <laughs>